fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to the week 11 post-game, post-red zone, tailgate. This is post-red zone, pre-Sunday night football. This is the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Rotor Street Journal. We are paving your way to fantasy excellence. We are feeding fantasy wolves. We are breeding fantasy wolves. We actually have the biggest fantasy wolf of them all in studio, as usual. Shit, am I talking about a studio? We don't have a studio yet, but he's in his place, and I'm in my place. I, of course, am your host, Nat the Truth Jones, with me as always, the wolf of Rotor Street himself. Wolf, how you doing? This was a crazy football day, like not just fantasy, but just football in general. I feel like I got jerked all over the place, good and bad. Yeah, it's, it's been a crazy, crazy day. Exactly. Weird stuff all over the place. I'm in that weird place where all my leagues went great. I'm dominating them all. I've got the wins locked up. But my predictions for the people have not been. This, is, this has to be one of my worst prediction weeks of the year. I got some right. There is some good wolf in the day, but a lot of bad wolf out there today. So I always kind of feel a little a more depressed. Like, you know, yeah, too much bad wolf of this day. I will talk through some of those duds. I'll ask for your redemptions and, and you know, free, my, free me of my sins here. Uh, I, I always kind of feel, you know, I never thought I'd care more about everybody else's team than my own because I've just always cared about my own team so much. When I have a bad fucking day of calls, uh, and I know I overrate them myself too. I weigh them pretty down hard on myself. I'm harder than, <laughs> than I probably need to be. But I fucking, I don't know. I fucking get so pissed at myself when I get calls wrong. And I got some damn ones wrong this, this week. Well, I mean, nobody's perfect, not yeah. even the Wolf of Roto Street himself. And you did have a few whiffs, but you also had some hits. We're going to touch on both of those before the end of the episode. We want to start going, like we said, or like you said uh, in the outset, we still got some football going. The Packers, the Colts, they're in overtime right now. Packers had the ball. They don't anymore. I believe they just punted it away. Uh, and so we don't know what's going to happen. Packers had a pretty substantial lead in that game, which they blew, which we've seen happen before. The Colts looking to have their second quality win in a row. We'll see what happens. I don't think there's any team that is less fun to pull for than the Indianapolis Colts. What a shitty team to pull for, but they do seem to be able to yeah. contend with some of the best guys. Uh, I'm sure Sheamus is not enjoying what's going on with that game. He probably thought it was going to be an early no, night. He's been texting not, me throughout. Right. Um, uh, so anyway, we'll get into the actual football logistics in a little bit, but let's get right into our studs and our duds of the week. Nominee one for stud of the week, Deshaun Watson. This guy kind of crept in there. He went 28 for 37, 344, two touchdowns in the Texans week 11 win over the shittier than hell Patriots. I think he had a little over 31 fantasy ones. I mean, this is just they beat the Ravens last week. Deshaun, I don't want to focus too much on the team, but now the Texans, who I, I went on record as saying a week ago, everyone affiliated with the Texans franchise should just be humiliated beyond belief. Now the Patriots drop one to them. Are, are the Ravens no good? We know the Patriots are no good. Are all these teams no good? Yeah, I think the Ravens suck. I think the Pats fucking clearly blow. It all sucks. And Watson was the one to reap what the yeah. Patriots defense sows. They've lost so many people you know, preseason. The defense is not even close to what it used to be. He also scored on the ground to Sean Watson, too, making this game extra monstrous. The highest fantasy score of the week as of right now with his 31 fantasy points. Yeah. 
Uh, no doubt a very worthy common, uh, nomination. The second nominee we have is Adam Thielen, the top scoring receiver. Went for 123 yards, two TDs on eight catches. An absolute monster performance from Adam Thielen. Were you facing him? Do you have him? What you I wasn't thoughts? facing him, and I don't have him. And it doesn't seem to matter who is kind of captaining the ship for the Vikings. The guy just catches touchdowns all the time. Yeah. I don't know if he leads uh, the league in touchdowns, but I kind of suspect he probably does. If, if, he, if he doesn't, I mean, it's got to be him, Metcalf, or uh, or probably not Adams because of the injuries, but maybe. I, I would imagine the guy's averaging over a touchdown a game. He's unstoppable. He's certainly worthy of a nomination as well, though he's not going to be the guy I'm voting for. Uh, nominee number three, Taysom Hill. This is a weird one because, you know, his quarterback line was – Okay, not great, but personally, was I was pretty good. I it think was, he was, it was the second highest quarterback of the third or third or well, second. Yeah, he had a couple rushing touchdowns. He went eighteen for twenty three, two hundred thirty three yards. He did have a fumble mixed in there, but what made him fantasy gold is that I started him at tight end. Yes, and so I was also allowed to play another twenty plus point score. And if I do win, which is very much in question, that's probably going to end up being the difference. Also noteworthy with Taysom Hill here. I mean, you know, we're going to talk about Mike Thomas, who he, you know, hit with quite a few passes. Also did not complete a pass to Alvin Kamara. I believe the first time in Kamara's career that that happened. And we'll talk about that in a little while. We'll so Taysom Hill. We'll talk about all the interested parties yeah. up in the risers and followers section in a little bit. But the last two studs kind of go hand in hand here. So I'll just nominate them both. One being Keenan Allen. I mean, the final, he had 10 catches and 100 yards at half which is like, all right, he's going to automatically be a stud. I think he finished with, what, 16 for 140-something yards? 16 for a buck 45 and a touchdown. And if I seem like I'm I'm pulling those stats right out of my pocket like I had him, I was playing against Keenan Allen. And so (laughs) he's the guy that I would give this award to. It was absolutely brutal going against this guy and just watching every single football be thrown his way and him catching almost all of them. Uh, We see that from him from time to time. He is great. And we have not seen – you know, remember it was – all about injuries, you know, in the past few years with Keenan Allen. Haven't seen anything like that. He just catches, 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 and Herbert's got to love having him as a security blanket. And, of course, Herbert rounds out the top five, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, four almost 400 yards passing, three touchdowns, slinging the ball over the yard. And as you're saying, too, facing these guys, it's brutal because, like, especially if you're facing the connection, and I have Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert together, it's unbelievable. Um, just chip, it. chip, chip. Like it's every play they're connecting. Uh, I think he's averaging right around just under 40% target share Keenan Allen with Herbert, but just together. I mean, that, that connection is today was good for 60 points almost in my PPR league. Love having these two absolute studs all over the place. You said your pick is going to be Keenan Allen just because of like the nature of the beat down he was giving you. I mean, it, it, when you're seeing it yourself, it's like it's like judging all-time great fighters. You probably would give one guy the edge if you actually had to step into the ring with him and take a couple shots from him. I took yeah. a lot of shots from Keenan Allen today. So he's yeah. my vote. Although, who's your vote real quick? I mean, the high score is Deshaun Watson, but as you mentioned, Taysom Hill, uh, that tight end eligibility, such a cheat code. I think anybody who had this guy as a tight end in ESPN is in very good shape, no matter how the rest of their lineup performed. I got to give it to him, given that dual eligibility. The fact he got it done for you as a quarterback, if that's how you're relying on, but more so for the tight end eligibility. Taysom Hill's my personal pick. All right, that's fair. I also just want to point out Derrick Henry barely did not make this list, but 
He rushed the ball 28 times against the Ravens for a buck 33. And it was one of those just ridiculous Henry games that keep happening where he's got 28 or 30 yards at halftime. And then he just starts hitting, 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 and he's going into line. And all of a sudden the three yard runs become eight yard runs. And then all of a sudden there's a 12 yard or a 20 yard run. And then there's some play at the end of the game where some guy decides, I don't really feel like taking the full brunt of Derrick Henry again. I'm going to let somebody else make this tackle. And that's when he breaks one for a touchdown and wins again. We've seen it like three or four times this year. He's a monster. So demoralizing as like a defense to have to go against that guy. And just, especially in overtime, like fuck another period of just (laughs) tackle this beast. That's why he's capped off two overtime wins. You think that's a surprise that no, God damn it. I got it. They went the exact same way. Both those games finished the exact same way. You could have predicted it. Exactly. Uh, Impressive. We're going to move on to the duds of the week. But as we're getting there, folks, if you don't mind, don't put that shit button up for us. Give us the thumbs up. Give us those likes. Uh, We would greatly appreciate it. YouTube, Periscope, Facebook, regardless of where you're at. That helps us get out to more people, answer more questions, and just get more discovered. We need more wolves in this pack, baby. It's been such good growth. We want to keep it rolling. Uh, I got to lead off the duds because, one, it's just a bad wolf call in general. Two, it's Hayden Hurst. My, my tight end hire of the week, plus five ECR, I was all in in that Saints matchup. What does he reward me with for my good faith? An exact donut. I mean, the whole thing with him was that he fucking had a nice floor, Hayden Hurst. It was so steady. Love that we're going to get 50 yards and six catches or so. And then what if he scores? Fuck him. Zero. Zero points for Hayden motherfucking Hurst, making me look like a moron, making everybody who started him feel like absolute shit. My brother said if there's one person he could spit on their face by the end of today, it was Hayden Hurst. <laughs> and I totally agree. Uh, what an absolute dud. Absolute dud. Yeah, it's hard to argue with, and I appreciate you owning that, uh, you know, but it's not <laughs> oh, like I was going against you. I mean, I, you know, I was nodding and being like, yeah, you're making yeah. really good points. <laughs> good case. Compelling. <laughs> Here's zero. Nominee number two, and there's some good ones. Matt Stafford, what a hunk of shit, huh? 18 for 33, 178 yards, zero points put up on the board. This is for the Lions, not fantasy points for Stafford, but this guy led them uh, to zero fantasy points in a game they they might even been favored to win. I'm not sure, but I think they lost 20 to nothing. And uh, just a terrible, terrible fantasy game and a terrible real football game, and Matt Stafford belongs on this list. A hundred percent. A great worthy nominee. Close to zero points from the quarterback position is always a pathetic weak ruiner. And then right behind him too, it, Adrian Peterson should have been on this list. Seven carries, What's 18 yards though? against What's the Carolina Rundy. Like everybody was ready for bare minimum waiver wire pickup AP to go steamroll in Swift's absence. Seven carries for 18 yards against Carolina. Complete and utter dud. But even fewer points scored by Marquise Brown. All right, man. Tied with Hayden Hurst. For a grand total of zero. But you actually, a good amount of people probably forced Marquise in. Oh, last year. Against I, the, I did. The, yeah. yeah oh, you were good. Oh, you were good. Lineup. Against the Titans, 120 no. yards. Titans, awful defense, giving up big plays all over the place. Zero yards to Marquise Brown. Absolute squeaky wheel. He's going to finally get the grease. It's the oh, Titans. He, his wheel is squeaky. <laughs> it's pure squeaky. It There's and, like sparks flying off it as it goes down the railroad tracks. That's and how the, the grease is never is. coming. The grease isn't coming to that, that no, sparks flying. No, this guy hasn't it's, known any sort of lubrication in like five or six weeks. Nope. And it's he's, he's jerking off completely raw right now. It's it's awful. Just completely raw. Hurt every time. Uh, screw Marquise Brown. At, at this point, how is he? He went from. Is, is he cuttable? Come on. It, it should. Is he cuttable? Champion lineups. You, he's cuttable. Absolutely cuttable. I say you get rid of the headache. Get rid of the fucking headache. 
Absolutely. Send him him back right now. I I had Jalen Rieger on my bench uh, instead of Marquise. Not that Rieger blew up or anything, but it would have been nice. It would have been nice to have those nine points and then the fucking zero that I got from Brown. Anyway, go ahead. I'm getting really angry really early. Todd Gurley. Shitty game from Gurley. You want to elaborate on that? I don't have his stat line in front of me, but I know he blew ass. <laughs> a, a robust eight carries for 26 yards in that high-powered oh, wow. Atlanta attack. Oh, like I, I get like, oh. you know, AP was worse, but people were expecting some big shit out of Gurley. Uh, nothing, nothing at all. Pathetic effort. Uh, I have Jamison Crowder on the duds list, but at the end of the day, one catch, 16 yards, nobody's starting Jamison Crowder. So screw him. Uh, who's your pick out of all these complete losers? Marquise Brown. Mark, yeah, it's but I mean, yeah, so I mean, Marquise Brown, because I think it's like, why are expectations even high for this? You realize he hasn't hit double digit fantasy points PPR. This is PPR, not even half point PPR. <laughs> he hasn't hit double digit PPR points in five games. Sickening. Just it's sickening. I, I think he's the guy. And I mean, you know, Hayden Hurst is, is right there, but. I, I think yeah, Stafford needed to have that type of dud. Uh, Who's starting Stafford though? Unless you're, I mean, if you're in a one quarterback league, are you starting this guy? <laughs> My girlfriend's in the back, give it a death station. Who started Stafford? <laughs> Why did your girlfriend do that? Yeah, not well, not good. <laughs> well, from everything I've heard about your girlfriend, other than that, she seems awesome. So I'm yeah. assuming there were extenuating circumstances that surrounded that. Yeah. And when I, when I meet her, we're going to get into a deep conversation about I'll it. I'll be I'll be in the car tonight, Nat. It, it was not a, not a good wolf recommendation. Oh, <laughs> well, it was you. Yeah, thrown into the cold. See, that's the extenuating circumstances I was talking about. There I, knew you she, go. I knew she wouldn't have done that without yes. someone undue influence. Exactly. Um, but right. yeah, let's, let's move on. So we covered our duds. We covered our studs. We're going to get into that, like the middle ground of people that actually saw their value change, whether they blew up this weekend or not. As we first talk about our risers to me, the biggest riser of the week is JK Dobbins. Finally, finally at long last, everybody's healthy and a monster emerges as the almost every down guy, 64% of the snaps, 45% of the rush attempts, 75% of the running back attempts. So obviously Lamar Jackson had some mixed in there, but 75% of the running back attempts, 67% of the short down and distance and a hundred percent in their two minute offense. So the every down kind of back. Uh, And what did he do? What did he reward them with for finally unleashing him? Uh, A la kind of DeAndre Swift just last week. We got 15 carries, 70 yards, and a TD, uh, two receptions, 15 yards. So not like a monster, I, I won people weeks, but like, damn, that's that's steady. That's, you know, 18 to 20, depending on your scoring. And if it looked like that's like kind of like Swift, where the switch is just on at this point, and we roll forward thinking J.K. Dobbins is a monster, uh, like solid, solid RB2 moving forward, feeling good about him. You've been saying this for a while now. I mean, it, it's been leading up to this. You've been saying if they could just clear out the backfield, it would happen. Uh, you know, it kind of was – it's been a slow play, but it has happened. Uh, you know, you called this a while yeah. ago, so good call on that. Finally here, it, rewarding owners that had the patience and the foresight to stick it out. It seems to me like he's going to really cr- just go crazy down the stretch in the schedule, lining up like a joke. You mentioned this one, the Panthers, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mentioned the Panthers because, you know, we wrote off Curtis Samuel as we uh, are prone to do every week. uh, And he had a great game. I think he went eight for 70 for a touchdown and couple that with the fact that DJ Moore had a really good game as well. You look at the points that people on the Panthers were able to put up 
with no Teddy Bridgewater and with no Christian McCaffrey, I mean, Mike Davis had another uh, solid game. I want to say like 15 PPR points, something like that. Maybe I'm wrong. I might be overshooting it. But the point is the Panthers are able to put up big points even without some of their big guys, and that's significant. Absolutely. It just goes to show how stable these floors are. Even if they lose their quarterback, to me, it goes to show how good this system is, what Joe Brady has put in there, the run after the catchability, that the fact that all these people still perform with PJ Walker playing. And it also tells you maybe PJ Walker, when we get to waiver wire, should he have to make another start? This offense is just a, a very nice machine, well-oiled, whoever's under center. Uh, they've really crafted something special there in Carolina, which raises everybody's floors and ceilings, knowing that moving forward. I also added Deontay Johnson to this list. Uh, the fact that we get questions about this guy every week for sit starts, I don't know how it's not automatic at this point. That's why I wanted to put him on. He's top 12 rest of season, and it should be in any rest of season rankings for wide receivers. He's averaging well over 13 targets a game, adding on to that with 16 targets this week, uh, including the games that he's actually made it through. We had those weeks three and five where he played a snap, got hurt. But if he makes it through quarter one unscathed, He's done nothing but ball out to over you know, 20-something points per game when he actually makes it through the first quarter. Uh, 22 and a half, I believe, we're at now in terms of average. So there can't be a question about him anymore. I don't want to no. answer a Deontay Johnson question. He is in your lineup. There's no real sit starts with this guy. There, there's, there's no question about him. I also just want to point out, and I, forgive me if I get this stat wrong, uh, Chase Claypool, who yeah. I believe caught his 10th touchdown of the year, Today, in 10 which, games, in 10 10 games. Touchdown, 10 games. There, there have been three dudes in their rookie year that have gotten uh, 10 touchdowns in their first uh, 10 games. I'm assuming we're talking receivers. And yes. the, la- the last guy to do it was 1960. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And other guys were like 54 and 56. So this that is kind of, I mean, you know, we're talking about Deontay Johnson in every week uh, starter. Kind of be crazy to have Claypool and not start. I also. totally agree too. This offense is cooking. And Juju, I think a little, he, he limped off a little. I don't think it's anything too serious, but if he misses time, it's just all that much higher the floor uh, and ceiling with these guys. Another receiver you were alluding to, Mike Thomas. What did you think of him today? Well, I mean, we've been super down on him. Yeah. And for good reason, not only not playing, but then, you know, punching people in the locker room and then yeah. coming back and really just not doing what you want out of Mike Thomas. This is a guy that people might have spent like 60 auction dollars on or something like that. I don't know. I mean, he was and he's not really done anything. Now we got Taysom Hill coming in, who I think had thrown 18 passes all year going yeah. into this game, even though he's played a little quarterback and uh, hit tar- 12 targets for Mike Thomas, caught nine hundred and four yards. For someone like Taysom Hill as uh, as your quarterback, you know, I, I think that that's a really monster game and actually pretty encouraging. Very encouraging. And he's got Atlanta lined up in two weeks, Denver next week, another easy matchup. Exactly what you just said. The, the fact that this happened with Taysom Hill, huge. Uh, Antonio Gibson just to me keeps climbing and climbing still is not seeing that full receiving workload. He's so capable of, but it, it's so steadied out that he is the goal line back. He's the early down back and he's just averaging now 16.3 touches per win um, played 56% of the snaps compared to 52% for McKissick his first time playing more snaps. Everything's trending the right way for this guy. Whenever he gets work, he puts up numbers uh, and the schedule is looking nice. It, it could be, benefit him in the sense of game flow moving forward so i love antonio gibson uh, i think he's going to go down as one of the best picks you could have made this year so he's one of the few good wolf calls i, can I was gonna say you you game. actually you've been in on this guy for a while and specifically this week you liked him a lot but you know gibson somebody you were on before i was so dude yeah, i was i had my tweet that got me in some trouble it seemed at the beginning of the season i tweeted out i'd rather have gibson than odell beckham 
<laughs> look how, oh, look how much there's, a, there's a rich history of <laughs> guys at the RSJ saying Odell Beckham is not as good as everybody thinks he is. Real not not Jimbo. Jimbo used to always blow smoke up his ass, but yeah. not these guys. Absolutely. <laughs> Dallas Last got one that you wanted to bring up too. Yeah, of course. I mean, I thought he deserved to be on the list. You know, we were shitting on him. This is another possibly bad wolf call, so I hate to bring it up. But Dallas Goddard, tight end one reborn. I yeah. think he had five catches for 77 or five for 75, uh, something like that. You know, it was a pretty good game for a guy like that, right? I mean, I think he had a touchdown too, right? At a, a position that's impossible. Yep, touchdown towards the end there. Garbage time as can be. But at, at the tight end position is such a shithole. That if you get 16 points out of it, it's worth mentioning. Finally seems like Wentz woke up to how open this guy was running all over the place. Uh, so really big fan of what he was putting out there this week. And just speak, speaking of tight ends real quick, because we said that kind of point production uh, deserves recognition because the position's so bad. Mark Andrews actually, Mark Andrews had five for 96 and a touchdown also, even Ooh. though the Ravens offense is pretty shitty, which we might be uh, talking about later in the show. Anyway, and go ahead. Absolutely. Well, now that we're on follows, but first it's got to be all your Bengals, especially the passing game, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd. That's that, that's the story of this week. I mean, we kind of probably should have mentioned it and prayers up to Burrow, an unbelievable rookie season cut short. He was leading the league in pass attempts, was on pace to break all the passing yardage records, maybe touchdown. I mean, the guy was having a, historic rookie season looking like the real deal looking like he's ready to help this franchise turn it around you hate to see him go down like that painful look at injury uh so prayers up to have speedy recovery for him and then all his fantasy prospects around him clearly gonna fall when you go on the ryan finley fucking ship like come on ryan big game finley yeah what are you talking about big game finley yeah i'm pretty sure aj green had a touchdown Speaking of speaking of corpses, AJ Green's touchdown is worth noting. Also, yeah, fucking AJ. Green. And we were speaking of corpses. <laughs> yeah, that is a corpse of all corpses, right there. Sure. sure. Another down for me, Alvin Kamara. You said it earlier. One target, zero catches. First time he's ever not had a catch in a game in his professional career. I hope this is not a sign of things to come in Taysom's world. It's certainly not what I expected. I thought it was going to be a lot of dinks and dunks, make it easy. But those dinks and dunks came to Mike Thomas, the slant machine. Uh, and Alvin Kamara was forgotten as a receiver, which I don't know how Sean Payton would ever do. Hopefully that gets rectified and fixed. Um, but that is definitely a concern to see in Taysom Hill's first game as a starter. I know you want to talk about these guys. <laughs> well, I mean, we've already talked about Marquise Brown yeah. and there's not really much else to say. I, there was a great comment. I don't want to step on his toes cause we're going to talk it uh, before. I think Mike Clay said Hollywood is a Walmart shopping cart wheel. They don't oil or fix it. They just throw it the fuck out. I added, <laughs> I added the fuck in there, but he said, throw it yes. out. I thought that was an apt description. As far as Lamar goes, I mean, let's look at the Ravens. They looked so dominant. Then they lost to the Patriots. Uh, I mean, who saw that coming? I sure as hell didn't. And then yeah. the Titans could not be, have looked more vulnerable coming into this game and, and yeah. they, they blasted them and you know, it was similar. They got, they got run on hard, you know, like, I mean, we were watching Damian Harris just run the fuck over the Ravens. And of course everyone's like, Oh, watch out for Derrick Henry. And I was like, ah, come on, they'll, they'll bear in. And they didn't. And, and uh, Jackson did not get it done. He, he had a decent game with Mark Andrews. And other than that, man, as far as busts this season, as uh, if you take guys that, were not shelved by injuries for you know Saquon Barkley's or McCaffrey or Mike Thomas even. I think Lamar Jackson's the most disappointing fantasy player of the entire year. I really do. He's he's got to be up there. You know the weight on quarterback crew gains one with how bad he has looked, especially because a lot of people passing up on Mahomes. If you were going to go quarterback early because of the upside of Lamar Jackson year two, they're going to take off. Yeah, nope, he was that a year two. Pick. 
Yeah, a safe exactly. The floor is so high, the ceiling's even higher. And now the year's just been figured out. They're calling the plays at the line of scrimmage. It's done. This offense is not ever, it will never hit the levels that it was. Lamar will never sniff another MVP, in my opinion. Um, and fantasy wise, it's it's just a ho hum, run heavy, kind of gross attack that has some sexy luster to it for no deserved reasons. And just, I had to put uh, this real guy. quick. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, real quick comp Kyler Murray has either 10 or 11 rushing touchdowns. I'm not sure what that number is. Uh, for everybody that was so hyped on Lamar and his running last year, which they should have been, Lamar has the same number in last year and this year combined that Kyler Murray has so far. So yeah. just put I, that I in your fucking pipe and smoke it. Crazy stats about how, like, at these games through this season compared to Lamar Jackson last year, Kyler Murray's outscoring last year's Lamar Jackson by, like, 70 points or something insane. Yeah. Like, he's having the most ridiculous of seasons. Like, ever. ever seen. Anyway, uh, Duke Johnson, yeah, he's a bitch. Duke Johnson remains a bitch. Smells like a bitch, runs like a bitch. He is a bitch. And we called this. We told everybody out there asking us about Duke Johnson. But now I want to just make sure it is very clear to everybody, as is this guy, Carson fucking Wentz. Oh, my just, God. He sucks. So he I, sucks. I texted my buddy in Philadelphia when he threw that just duck, uh, terrible, whatever. I don't even know what you would call that pass that got intercepted kind of oh. near their own, uh, near their end zone. I texted him. I said, I wonder how much better of a passer Carson Wentz is than me. Like, I know he's better, but I mean, I, is he like a lot, lot, lot better? Like, it, you know, if, like if, if I, I had a buddy who played quarterback in high school and he, he pitched, uh, he was a pitcher in college. I wonder if he can pass as well as Carson Wentz. What do you think? I don't, he certainly doesn't show anything special that you couldn't sign off the side of the street from the dude walking his dog right now. Like, no, he's a, he's a joke. This offense is going to all go down under shit. So I'm sure we saw Dallas Goddard have a day. We'll see random people pop up here and there because of how bad they are, how bad they're going to get behind. But yeah, Carson Wentz blows. I don't really want to ever start Rager again, even though he squeaked out seven. Like it was a yeah. gross, scary performance for sure. Uh, so yeah, hideous stuff all around. Um, real quick, I'll rip through yeah. the injuries. I see all the questions. We promise we're getting to those. I think most of them are comments on this show anyways. Yeah, yeah. People, people, people want to give their two cents, and we love yeah. it. Absolutely. Uh, but Joe Burrow, the torn ACL is confirmed. He already tweeted out, uh, I'll, I'll be back next year. Uh, he was carted off, just done for 2020. Devastating injury. It, there's injuries that just, like, you never want anyone to get hurt. But there's just some that, like, fuck, like – the entire NFL is rooting for this guy. Rookie year, crushing it on pace for records. It just is so sad to see something like that cut short. Um, and again, you're never rooting for injury, but there's definitely some players on the list that you're like, he's one of the last people I'd want to see get injured. Burrow's on that list uh, based on what he was doing and how he was any rookie kind of thriving in that sense. Um, Julio Jones, hamstring tightens up. <laughs> Usual fucking Julio bullshit. Like, guy just starts getting rolling and now his hamstring. Fucking, ugh. This shit happens all the time. I remember you traded him to me that one year. And his hamstring woes just started tightening on up again. Fucking asshole. You're a star fucker. I would had to get my stars to fuck, and he sucked. Absolutely <laughs> sucks. Burkhead looked like he suffered a season-ending knee injury as well. Uh, we're going to talk about some waiver wire replacements in a second, but that was a gruesome-looking one. Uh, everybody took a knee. They immediately, the other team, start waving over, so that's never a good-looking sign. James White. Uh, could get some more consistent receiving volume. He had a pretty big day. We'll chat about Sony Michelle off the IR, could get some more burn as well with Burke had done. And then Greg Olson on Thursday night, uh, ruptured left plantar fascia. Not that that many people. In fact, my opponent was started Greg Olson. 
because Dave Mock sucks. Uh, but but Craig Olson, uh, ultimately nobody was really playing him. It's just more so like this has to probably be the last game of his career and, and what a career it's been. So I know he's a big fan of the dive. You know, I, I don't know. Des Bryant was on yeah, the field right? today. You never know. <laughs> people you never thought you'd see in the NFL again. That's true. Uh, but I, I'm not expecting to see Greg Olson. Uh, and there are some tight end snaps that will now open up. And, and we've seen Russell Pepper tight ends before. So when we get to our waiver wires, why don't we just cover them right now as we transition over to the, the waiver wire here. Amidst all these injuries, some other name right. to emerge. Rashad Perriman and the Jets receivers. Denzel Mims. Perriman getting uh, four targets, 52 yards, a TD. Uh, scored now three touchdowns in his last two games with Flacco. I wonder if that continues when Darnold comes back. But I feel like if you score like three touchdowns with Flacco, that's like scoring 15 with exactly. like an average quarterback. A hundred percent. Yeah, that should be worth like 10 times the fantasy points. No Flacco's, Flacco's numbers at halftime were three for eight for 30 yards with a pick six. Oh, my God. He's abysmal. <laughs> Just about as bad as you can play professional football. Second half. about as bad. Uh, <laughs> Mims is also out there. Uh, three receptions, 71 yards, eight targets led the team. So 10% owned Perriman. I'd go him first. Mims is second most. They have the second easiest playoff schedule among receivers. If you could ever stomach a jet, if you're in the playoffs and you need to stomach a jet, you're probably not going for long. Uh, but Perriman might be that one crazy guy that gets like 120 and two TDs, given the soft schedule he has coming forward. Tony Pollard looking pretty damn explosive had that nice touchdown uh great setup not great setup anymore obviously the offense is taking some 10 steps backwards but there could the have zeke sammy was still not 100 percent. they were saying so just a guy that should be owned for a handcuff season it is cuffing season coming around this time of the year cuffing season cuffing season bird I know that was the one Patriot that did a damn thing. Six catches, 132 yards, TD on seven targets. I'm not going to go blow my load because the Pats passing game is just, who's it going to be? One week it's Myers, now it's Bird. What are they even going to be a pass-heavy team? You got to predict the script. I'm not into it, but I might look in their backfield. James White, 40% owned. Michelle, 27%. No Burkhead. This is the Damian Harris show. Damian Harris is a fucking monster. I love this guy. Um but uh, one of these guys is going to become more of a pass catching back. Probably, obviously, James White, the better resume. Uh, we'll see him get some more involvement. And last uh, two here, Fitzmagic could be the starter. What did you think of that? Them benching Tua and I him thought, blowing it. So I thought Tua was terrible. Yep. And then I thought when they brought in Fitzpatrick, it was awesome. And then he got picked off in the end zone. <laughs> Just so classic. <laughs> I can't put him back in. I mean, I, I – I like both of these guys. Yeah. You know, I, I don't people. think that might be the last. I, I put this up before he threw the pick and now it's like, yeah, that's probably the last we saw Fitzpatrick this year. Uh, but if he's the starter, three, you know, two easy top 10 matchups against uh, the Bengals, the Jets coming up. So if whoever's the starter is going to be intriguing off the waiver wire for the Dolphins. We mentioned Disley and Hollister behind the Seahawks. Uh, Greg Olson. Somebody could emerge. I like Disley the most. He was the tight end six before he went down last year. Uh, was seeing some real meaningful volume. And then last but not least, if those guys aren't there, Jordan Aikens had a productive day as the Texans tight end one going for 83 yards on six targets, five catches, solid day, consistent, dependable numbers from a tight end are very hard to find. I don't know that that tight end renaissance today, you know, the position, not as slim Pickens as it was a week or two ago. There were some guys that put up actual numbers. I'll be live tomorrow. Uh, yeah, and then that's the last one. So just so you guys know, live tomorrow, uh, right around 7.30 for your waiver wire, your uh, injury updates. I know we rushed through a few of them tonight. I'll dig in, get you all the, the details about those guys, how much fab I would spend, all that good stuff. 
Uh, you guys know the deal with the rankings on Tuesday. Our preview show will be back on Wednesday. Um, thank you so much. So you can find all our content in the meantime at rotostreetjournal.com. We breed and feed fantasy wolves and the fantasy fullback dive. We pave your path to 2020 titles for your podcast needs if you prefer the audio formats. I, of course, am the wolf. I'm the truth. Later, guys. See you. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Second down, third effort, touchdown, oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.